Hello and welcome to another episode of Keep It Real. In today's episode, we will talk about a, one of the problems that is facing the entire globe, and that is the problem of sleeping. In fact, more about the lack of it. All of us are now used to going to bed later and not getting as much sleep, maybe waking up earlier, and that has a huge impact on our health, especially. making us age faster causing stress and also leading to a decline in our cognitive function well here's a potentially familiar scene you are exhausted after working a full day the sort of day when you felt like your attention was drawn in 20 different directions where you were ricketing between obligations and meetings and running 6 minutes late to pick up and realizing that if you didn't put that load of laundry in the wash now at 9 pm the rest of the week could very well collapse on itself you answered emails while stirring something on the stove you answered different emails while half listening to a story from a family member or roommate you might have squeezed in some time to exercise because that is important but you spent most of your time thinking about work either periodically checking your phone or making mental to-do lists You put your kids to bed. You let the dog outside. You turn off the lights. You're ready for a much needed good night's sleep. But when you can't, then you cannot just put yourself to bed. <laughs> you stay up binging a mediocre show. You cannot stop scrolling Instagram or Twitter or a dating app. You're reading some overly detailed breakdown of a sporting event, past or present or upcoming. You are playing whatever dumb game you play on your phone. You're trying to figure out who was invited to some famous celebrity's wedding, or you're actually doing something you really like: reading for hours, playing a video game you actually enjoy, quilting in the quiet hours of the night, leafing through a new cookbook. It matters less what you're doing and more that. you are doing it instead of what you had planned to do which is go to bed so as to sleep long enough to feel legitimately rested before you go through it all again you are revenge bedtime procrastinating uh, this term originated in china and uh, it can be alternately be alternately be translated as retaliatory staying up late the bbc's liu hai liang wrote an excellent article about this and traced how the term spread in china uh partially sparked by a viral tweet by the journalist daphne k li in in this particular uh session on bbc liang explains in china A national survey in 2018 showed that 60% of the people born after 1990 were not getting enough sleep and that those living in big cities suffered the most. The tech companies who created 996 culture tend to be based in big cities and their work practices have influenced other sectors. 
A recent report by the state broadcaster CCTV and the National Bureau of Statistics said the average Chinese employee only has 2.42 hours per day when they were not at work or asleep, down by 25 minutes from the previous day. Hu Bing, a 33-year-old creative director at a digital agency in Shanghai, often works late and considers going to sleep before 2 an early night. Even though I'm tired the next day, I don't want to sleep early, she says. Gu loves late nights in her 20s, but has started to think about adopting more normal sleeping habits. Her friends are often all awake in the middle of the night. I really need that time. I want to be healthy, but they, which is her employers, stole my time. I want to steal back my time. The 996 culture invoked above when employees work from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m., six days a week, is endemic in many of China's large cities. But the phenomenon of revenge bedtime procrastination is not, of course, limited to China. It's a symptom of workism and the burnout that accompanies it, which means you can find it anywhere where that approach to a career has been normalized. It is illogical and annoying and often makes things worse. But it is also what our souls do when we refuse to nourish them. They sabotage our most perfect intentions for sleep because sleep is not the same as leisure. Don't get me wrong, sleep is great. It can be deeply restorative, but it also requires us to be, well, unconscious. Lee's tweet that went viral uh, a couple of years back in 2020 and Liang couldn't find the mention of revenge bedtime uh, waking up or revenge bedtime procrastinating before 2018 when it popped up on the personal blog of a worker in Guangdong province. But that doesn't mean psychologists haven't been trying to figure out why people engage in this behavior. In 2014, a study published in Frontiers in Psychology highlighted the curious twist at the heart of bedtime sleep procrastination. Most people procrastinate doing things that they don't want to do, but people really do want to sleep. We procrastinate on bedtime then, not because we are aversive to it, but because we don't want to stop doing the other non-sleep thing that we are doing. This is where I think the psychology gets interesting and where I haven't been able to find any related literature. Because the activities you do when you are burnt out, especially let's say scrolling through your phone or watching some video on the YouTube rabbit hole that you went down, all of these activities are hollow, calorie-free version of things we actually want to be doing. When I lay down in bed with the intention of giving my phone a quick look before reading my book for 17 minutes and then look at the time and realize 45 minutes have passed scrolling, I haven't been having fun. Some part of me is seeking a soothing non-work activity and in truth has been doing so for hours. It wants to turn off the part of the body that needs rest and let other parts play around. But at that point of the day, I don't have the energy, the willpower, the wherewithal or whatever you want to call it to do the thing it's been begging me to do. 
so I give my exhausted self the worst, least appeasing version of what it's asking for. And the dastardly part of apps engineered to keep us in them do their work. The Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikToks and dating apps of the world. Not Let's not forget the Netflixes, the Hulu and the HBO Max and, you know, the Candy Crush iterations have been perfectly engineered to get me hooked and keep me there for as long as possible. In these situations, revenge or retaliatory become crucial and differentiating descriptors. When you stay up late talking with friends of dancing or playing Dungeons and Dragons, you're procrastinating going to bed, but you're also making a pretty good deal with yourself. The fun I'm having now is worth whatever suffering I'll endure later. But most of the activities performed while revenge procrastinating don't really compensate for the exhaustion they cause. They might feel essential and non-negotiable in the moment as some semblance of alone time, but they are really a double fuck you. They kind of suck in the moment and they really suck in the cascading after effects. You might feel you're soothing yourself, but maybe you're just punishing yourself refusing to recognize what might actually be soothing or clarifying or calming. There's an argument that revenge, bedtime procrastination, is a quiet means of rebellion against your employer. They make you work too many hours, you claw back a few hours to yourself, which in turn affects your ability to function at full capacity on the job. You're single-handedly doing your part to pull down the all-important productivity rate You can see how that logic falls apart for millions of workers whose primary employer is well themselves. Alternately, the employer or students or editors or readers still gets the best of us. Everyone else, the people we actually care about, including our actual damn selves, they get the dregs. Because so many of us have internalized the need to prioritize the work we do for pay above all else. This is what happens when you don't have anywhere to put your rage, your dissatisfaction, your deep sadness that this waves hands widely might be every day, every week, every year for the rest of your life. This is what happens when you have been inculcated into the idea that your workplace is your family, that your employer has your best interests in mind or that failure in your job is that amount of failure in life. The rage feels unrecognizable or at least unspeakable as rage. It's just bitching about a job or texting your co-workers or unloading on your partner. Maybe you don't know where to direct it because like me and millions of others, gig and freelance workers, you are effectively your own boss. It's difficult to recognize this collective grievance let alone recognize ourselves as part of a larger class of aggrieved workers. And so we reconcile ourselves to the way things are, because this is just the way work is, and direct that rage subconsciously and alarmingly towards our own rest. At least that's the theory. We self-sabotage as a shitty substitute for labor awareness and or collective action. I don't blame any of us for scumming to this strategy because it's how the system is designed to function. 
if we feel like shit under capitalism the fault is not capitals but our own lack of self control and that posture permits the continued erosion of actual leisure the sort that doesn't feel like stolen hours to continue without protest i know how hard it is to stop that scroll to claim time as my own or to just generally do the things that i actually want to do yet i try to remind myself that these personal failures do not take place in isolation and are not actually failures at all it's okay to feel rage at the structure into which you have built yourself what structure might treat you as disposable you might live in fear of that disposability but that's only true when you conceive of your own labor your own problems your own self sabotage and isolation one person sleep revenge procrastinating that's a personal problem whole swaths of working population doing the same that's a deep dissatisfaction with the status quo poke it a few more times give it a bit more language to understand itself and it might might begin to understand itself as early bewildered form of a movement a movement that's manifesting itself as the anti work community on reddit that's manifesting itself in the form of the great resignation wave that's taken up the entire world that's manifesting itself in the form of the wall street bets that's taking up the corporate hierarchy that's always sniggered smile and look down upon the retail investor that's taking itself in all of these small movements of people moving towards something that's going to challenge the status quo the so called revenge bedtime procrastination it's just a sign of things to come uh, it's just a sign of how 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 very deeply unhappy uh the whole swaths of workers around the world are with the status quo and with that i take your leave hope you loved listening to this episode if you love it do subscribe and share this and uh, kind of spread the word of mouth we'll be back again with a new episode this time uh on keep it real and with that take care adios and goodbye